Hello and welcome everybody to Eastside City Church. How are we doing today? Are you having a good summer so far? Excellent. Uh, some of you didn't answer, so I mean, this is as good as Calgary weather gets. Just, just laying that out there. Uh, well, uh, my name is Michael. I realize not all of you may know me uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, I am married. I've got three incredible kids. I've been married for about 14 years now which I think is like three or four Hollywood marriages. So, I mean, we're, we're doing pretty good. Three kids, five, seven, and nine. I'm pretty sure those are their ages. That's what I've been telling everybody for the past couple of years. So I hope that works out. And uh, I'm excited to be able to just bring the word to you today. Have you guys been just enjoying our series as we go through the, the fruit of the spirit? Pastor Tim bringing a solid word. We've had Pastor Naomi and Pastor Peter sharing, uh, talking about the fruit of the Spirit. If you miss those, make sure you check them out online. Lots of different ways you can watch those. And today we're going to get into talking about peace. Talk about peace. Uh, I don't know about you, but I feel like there's a lot of things going on in my life right now. Like, I, I, maybe I like, maybe I shouldn't feel like there's a lot of things. Maybe just, it's like adulting. I just have not enjoyed growing up to be an adult. Like, you know, when they're like, I just want to stay a kid forever. There's just times when I'm like, I get that. I really resonate with that. Like, just, I just want to enjoy those moments. And uh, this uh, past couple months, we've been trying to figure out with our insurance because uh, we had hail damage a little while ago. And so we're trying to like get that all fixed and repaired. And it's just annoying. It's like this thorn in our side. And then I had to bring my vehicle into the shop this week. And they told me how much it was going to be. And that was another thorn in my side. And I was like, and I had that whole discussion with myself and my wife and I were talking. We're just like, well, it's an older vehicle. Like, what do we do with that? Do we repair it? Is it worth it? I don't know. And just like, ah, 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 ah. And then, uh, and then I went to work, went to work. And my boss's boss came in unexpectedly, unannounced. And all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, we're all like, what's going on? And he comes and he's like sitting down at the table. So how is everybody? And I'm like, I have no peace about this situation right now. What is going, am I getting fired? I don't know what's going on. And turns out I still have a job, so that's a good thing. And uh, my boss has a job too, so I guess that's good for us as well. And uh, then I went home, then I went home and my wife and I were like, oh, you know what we haven't talked about recently? We haven't talked about where we're gonna get braces for one of our kids, because our kids, our kids need braces. Man, there's like a lot of stuff going on, right? And I bet you have, a, like I bet if we sat down, we would just keep swapping stores and be like, yeah, oh, I, I have that too. Oh yeah, I was, I was thinking about that. And what about job? And what about the economy? And like, there, there just seems to be so many things going on and, and like on their own, like one single thing, you're sort of like, ah, we'll figure it out. But like one after another, after another. And all of a sudden you go to bed that night and you're like, oh, Wow. I've got a lot of stuff to figure out. Like, how did, maybe I should deal with this. How do adults deal with this stuff? How did my parents deal with me and all this stuff? I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of things going on. And uh, I think even before we uh, turn on our TVs or uh, social media, uh, get through all of that, or you talk to your politically charged coworkers or your friends or your family, like, there's a lot more that can be added to that. There are just things that want to try and chip away at your peace. And I, I bet you have your own things. And we're talking about peace today. And I think that we've all uh, had a chance to see our peace kind of challenged over the last little while. Hey? We've all kind of seen uh, our peace just kind of get agitated a bit. You know what I'm talking about? 
Like there, there's no one single thing that's coming up, but you add them all up. You add up relationships or your lack of relationship, your job or your lack of a job. You want a better job. You need a new job. You just lost your job. Your health, maybe you're looking at that. Maybe you're looking at finances. There's so many different things that you're looking at and it's just chipping away. It's agitating your peace. And coming into today, I, I just wonder if you, would, if you would take a moment, just a second and be like, like how peaceful am I, am I right now? Oh my God, it was a whole lot peaceful, a lot more peaceful when you didn't bring up everything that's going on. But like, when you came in, I, I, I honestly, I don't think that like as a guy, this isn't exactly something I'm on continually monitoring. Like how peaceful do I feel right now? It's not really simple, but I, like, I wonder like if we took a moment right now, would we be like, no, like I'm, I'm fairly peaceful or like, well, I'm peaceful except for this long list of things that my spouse wants me to do, but I feel pretty good about that. Or I, I feel pretty good except that I have no direction for my life and I'm 25 and I have nothing to show for it. And I, I don't know where, where you're at. But we're in this summer series on the fruit of the Spirit. And one of the, one of the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit is peace. So we'll read this in Galatians 5, to 23. It says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. But it's hard to grade your peace, isn't it? Like, it's, it's not necessarily that it's just you have peace or you don't have peace. Like, if it was that simple, it was just black and white, we'd be like, okay, we, we've got it nailed down. But I think peace is, is kind of this grayer where you're like, well, I have parts of it. Like, I'm sure if I scrounged around in my life and looked under some couch cushions, I could find enough peace somewhere. It kind of, like, it is sort of like this bank account, isn't it? You're just, you're hoping that you have enough deposits in your peace account so that you can make some withdrawals. Some things that are kind of, agitate that are going to mess up your peace, that are going to try and rob you of some peace. And I think the reality is that sometimes we're, we're withdrawing a whole lot more than we're depositing. So, and some of us know that. Like we're coming in and we're like, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly agitated. And we can like blame it on other things. We're blaming it on the circumstances and things that are going on. But the reality is that some of us have been writing checks and we've been tapping that peace account a whole lot more than we've been putting in deposits. So let's talk about peace today. I want to maybe pause at this moment because I think that it's worthwhile that as we talk about peace, that, that there is this connection to our mental health. And we, we've had a lot of discussions lately within society to just talk about mental health. And I think we're, we're, doing, we're trying to do this better job of breaking down stereotypes and the stigma of uh, dealing and struggling with things within our, within our mind, within our body. And, and, and to be honest, in the church community, I'm not sure we're as fast to talk about these things. I'm not sure we're as great. I don't know, maybe, maybe there are places where we're doing better than others but I think it's just worth pausing here. I think it's worth pausing because I don't know if it'd be fair for me to come in and say, hey, we're gonna talk about peace and the fruit of the spirit and we're gonna get to this conclusion. We're gonna lean into God and that there's some people here where it's like, well, like I, I really just need to see a counselor. Well, I, like my doctor gave me some medication. Is that like, is that unbiblical? Like, am I less of a Christian because some of these things going on in my life? And, and I would say no. Like God has created us. We are, we are a spirit, soul, mind, body. 
And we're called to steward all three of those. And so, hey, we, we, we need to have these moments where we, we take care of our body. We take care of our mind. We control what, like, how are we treating our bodies? What are we putting into it? What, are, we, are we taking control of our thoughts? And how's our soul doing? So we're gonna, we're gonna talk about this. So as I go in, I think sometimes we just, we can only view it as like a spiritual thing. Or sometimes we only view it as like a, well, if I just have a good sleep or if I just have a healthy smoothie, then this is all gonna go away. But it's like, no, like God created us intricately. It's not separate. God designed the body. So it's part, it's, it's just as spiritual. So we get into that. So um, I think what we all have in common is that we want a peace that is founded and anchored into Jesus Christ. It is steadfast beyond anything, beyond our bank account, beyond the economy, beyond our political position. And I find it a consolation because as we look in the Bible, we see that there are times where uh, some of the people who were closest to Jesus had a really difficult time with peace. And I don't know about you, but I feel like if I was with Jesus all the time, that I, I would think, I would assume that my level of peace would be really high all the time and that I should be doing really well. But we don't find that. And that's, that's interesting. And it's interesting. So let, let's look at this story. There's a story in Mark chapter four. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. Otherwise, I think we'll, we'll have it up on the screen there for in Mark chapter four, verses 35 there's a story that is pretty well known where Jesus is taking a, a nap in the boat. And well, let's kind of let's get there. Mark chapter four, verses 35. That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Now, I, I think that's an interesting point. Of all the questions I have about this story, at no point did I think, did Jesus have a cushion while he was taking a nap? I wonder what type of cushion. Why only a cushion? Why not a blanket? Was it a memory foam? What type of cushion was it? That, that never came up as I was reading the story. But somehow of all the details they give us, they tell us that he was there sleeping in the back of the boat. He had a cushion though. In case you were wondering, he had a cushion. Only one cushion, not two. I know some of you like multiple cushions. Shove them all over the place. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. And let me pray before we go any farther. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for what you want to do in our hearts and in our lives, God. Lord, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is just living and working inside of us, doing an incredible work. We thank you for this in your precious name. Amen. 
One of the distinct features about Jesus coming, even if you remember his birth, is the angels come down and they're singing, peace on earth. Like you, you, you feel like, I mean, at Christmas time, it's such a peaceful, you, I mean, anybody who's illustrating it's such a glorious moment, so peaceful. The angels are coming down. Yet what's fascinating is despite this proclamation that there's peace on earth, Jesus is here. Jesus's own parents at times struggle with peace and his disciples who Jesus is trying to train and teach up also struggle with peace. I think this is really telling for us because it means that even though we are Christians, even though we pray and we meditate and we go to church and we do the churchy Christian things, we can still not have peace. And so as a Christian, you can kind of be doing all the Christian things and still struggle with peace because peace is not a checkbox. It's not some destination you arrive to. Peace is a decision. Not a decision about whether you're going to choose to have peace or not. I will have peace today. Peace is a decision about who you're going to trust. It's a decision about who you're going to trust. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Some of us, we've experienced a level of peace, and then we kind of leave it there. Like we go, we're like, hey, Jesus says, man, I've, ex I've experienced peace. And then you kind of get your top up and then you go and you forget that, no, like this is, this is an active decision that I need to constantly be making. Some of us view peace and we're just thinking that, you know what, eventually at some point I'll have peace. Like at this point I don't have peace, but once I get a better paying job, I'll have peace. Once I, you know, once I, I move out of my parents' house, I will have peace. Once I move into a bigger house, I'll have peace. Once I get into a relationship, I'll have peace. Some of you are trying to get out of a relationship so you can have peace. That's another sermon for another time. Some of you, you got rid of the cat and you got a dog so you can get more peace. That was probably a good decision. That was, I've been told, I've been told. You know, you can, uh, you can be trying to get peace from the likes you post online. Oh, I posted something online. I shared it. I sent it to people and I'm looking to see the reaction. That's, that's how I'm going to try and get my level of peace. But peace is a decision about who you're going to trust. And it's interesting, the disciples are there and they're in the boat and Jesus didn't correct them that they didn't find like another way around the storm, which I think might've been valid. Like if Jesus had woken up and been like, come on guys, you're fishermen. Haven't you figured this out? Like, couldn't you have kind of seen this coming? Yeah, we all, like, we're jumping in the boat. There's people following me in their boats, and you're just leading us into a storm. Like, can't we think this through a little bit? Could have got upset that they didn't calm the storms themselves. Like, come on, guys. Am I the only one here who can control the wind and waves? Maybe I can. I don't know. Maybe. But it's, it's interesting in that moment what Jesus talks to them about and addresses why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? I think, I think it would be a really easy conclusion for me to get really excited 
about this and to begin to go ahead and, and be like, hey, Jesus calms the winds and the storms. And at, man, as like a church that loves to be charismatic, we would jump on that, like the Pentecostal church. We would be like, yes, Jesus is gonna calm the waves and the storms in your life and you're going through something and you're going through a situation and Jesus is going to come through and calm the waves. And we'd all start cheering and get hyped and excited and you'd leave and be like, Jesus, calm the storm. But my guess is you've prayed those prayers and the situations didn't always change. And here's what's interesting is Jesus does calm the storm. He does calm the waves, but he talks to them about why they had no peace. Because I think here's the thing that Jesus is trying to get at is that he shouldn't have to calm all the storms. He shouldn't have to change every situation and circumstance. He shouldn't have to remove everything that is agitating your peace for you to have peace. And that's a really hard thing for me to hear. Because I was kind of hoping that Jesus would just kind of clear the path. And I realize that that's not the point. My long list of problems is not to blame for my lack of peace. It's often my perspective. Who do I trust? Am I okay with God being in control? Yeah, I remember one of the first time my parents forgot me when I was a little kid. And just joking, they didn't forget me that often. There's four of us, they kind of just rotated. I was at soccer practice. I mean, it's like elementary school and we go and it's evening time and do soccer practice and we come out and there's always, they're always kind of swapping, right? Like you're doing the parent thing. It's like, okay, is mom or dad gonna pick you up or we're gonna get a friend or something like that? And so I, I, I never really knew. I didn't really worry about it because my parents had it, right? They're in control. And so they figure things out. And so one soccer practice, I get out there and talk to my friends and then my friends take off and uh, I'm looking around for my parents. I don't see my parents. Hey, no big deal. My parents are coming. And then uh, my coach comes out. I'm like, oh, the coach is gone. Even the coach is leaving. I say, hey, Michael, you need to like call your, call your parents. And I'm like, oh, I don't even know their number. I, don't, I just, no, I'm good. It's okay. I'm sure they're coming. I'm sure. Yeah, so they, they take off and they go from there. I mean, this is, this is before like every kid had an iPhone, you know? So it's, you're kind of thinking, you're like checking your pockets. Do you have 35 cents for a phone call? Like, I don't even know what numbers I'm supposed to press. And, so I'm going through and, and like initially not worried, not worried at all. And then it starts to like get darker and darker. And then you're like, uh, they should be here by now. And then like every time you see the lights in the distance coming, you're sort of like, oh, that, that looks like, that looks like my parents' vehicle. And then it drives by and you're like, that's not my parents' vehicle. You go by and, and then you kind of get to that moment where you're like, okay, like I think I need a contingency plan here. Like how far is it to walk home from here? Uh, like what bus do I take? And you start, you start going like, isn't that kind of how peace works? When everything's going good, you're like, oh no, God's in control. It's good. We got money in the bank account. We're paying bills. Jesus, Jesus is doing some things. God's working in my life. And then all of a sudden something happens and you're like, well, I'm sure it'll be okay. I'm sure it'll be okay. We'll, we'll figure things out. And then things really start rocking and really start waving. And they're like, whew, I don't know what's going on here. Like, I, maybe I need a contingency plan. 
And it's in those moments that Jesus is saying, where's your peace at? Don't be afraid. Peace is being okay with who's in charge. It's really not till our expectations are interrupted that our peace really begins to just get shaken. I don't know that there's a whole lot of crazy going on in the world. There's a whole lot of crazy probably going on in your life. We could talk stories back and forth, I'm sure, of just things that are going on. And the thing about godly peace, about Christian peace, is it doesn't just come from rationalizing our way through a set of problems. There's this really neat passage in John 14. It's a beautiful passage where Jesus is talking to his disciples for one of the last times. He's going to be, he knows he's going to be crucified soon. And he gets his disciples. I mean, we just had communion. He gets his disciples up in the upper room and they start sharing a meal. What would have been the last supper? I don't know about you, but think about the tension and think about the tension and the intentionality that Jesus would have had in that moment. So he's sharing and he's talking about what's going to come. He's saying, hey, here's some things to look for. Here's some things to keep in mind. Hey, I, like he's just, he's trying to give it his all. Like, hey, this, you, you don't understand everything that's coming, but let me just try and download what you're going to need and what I can tell you. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna be here. You've gotta, you've gotta figure this thing out on your own. And we get to this passage in John 14. I wanna read starting at verse 25. Jesus says, I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. And here's what I'm leading into, verse 27. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. It's interesting, the emphasis that Paul makes in Galatians, because this is kind of John's version of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit in your life. And then we have Paul's version in Galatians. And it's interesting that Paul puts the, he doesn't put the onus on us to produce the fruit. Like we're not told to produce fruit. It's the Holy Spirit in our lives that does. Like the, the, Paul isn't there being like, hey, just give yourself a pep talk if you're lacking patience and peace and goodness and self-control. Like pull yourself up and, and just get your life fixed. Because if you're a Christian, you better have peace. No. Everything is it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The emphasis is all about us connected to the Holy Spirit. Hmm. It's, uh, could you imagine if you're there and you're talking to a tree? I don't know in what context you'd be talking to a tree, but imagine, imagine you're there and there's an orange tree and you're looking at one of the branches, the branches of an orange tree. And the orange tree branch is stressed. I mean, he's there and he's like, I'm, I'm part of the, na I've got navel oranges here. Everybody, all the branches around me are navel oranges. They're 
beautiful. Look at the fruit. It's incredible. I'm here. I'm stressing about what type of fruit I'm going to produce, Michael. Like what is going to, what happens if blueberries start shooting out? Like what, like what if like a mandarin orange shows up, Michael? Like, I don't know. Like what happens? What do I got to do? Michael, just here's what we got to do, Michael. We got to have a contingency plan in place. Because I just, I don't know. There's a lot of fruit going on here. It's all around. There's only one tree, and I don't know if it's strong enough. So, hey, get a ladder. Prop me up. I, I want to make sure I'm not going anywhere. Give me some nutrients. Give me, give, give me some of that fertilizer. Just throw it on me, Michael. Just throw it on me. I need to make sure I got some good fruit. Like, we'd be sitting there and be like, why am I talking to a tree? But we would also be like, no, like you're connected to the tree. Like you're, you're not, why are you stressing about the fruit that should come out from you? Your job is to just stay connected and let the tree do its job. And I, I think sometimes I get so wound up in trying to produce Christian virtues in my life. Like I'm gonna act like the proper Christian. Like I'm gonna do the right things. And it's, Paul's here like, oh, whoa, 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 wait. Why don't you connect with God? Why don't you spend some time with him? Why don't you let the Holy Spirit cultivate your life and speak to you? Why don't you examine your heart? Why don't you let the Holy Spirit convict you on these areas that you need conviction? And then Michael, see what happens. I remember, uh, I remember that my wife and I, we were recently talking about jobs that we had when we were kind of like first married and she worked at a, a coffee shop. And uh, a couple of things about me, I, I love, at the time, I hated coffee. It's starting to grow on me now. But with enough cream and sugar, I like coffee, which probably means I just like cream and sugar, but I'm starting to like coffee. So she worked at a coffee shop. I love the smell of coffee. Like I go, like from a kid, I'm just like, oh, I love the smell of coffee. But she would come home and she would smell like the coffee shop. And, and she, like, she hated it. She's just like, she'd come home and she's like, oh, I smell like a, smell like a coffee shop. And I'm like, yeah, come on over here. It's kind of, it's kind of sexy. Yeah, just, cappuccino, I could do that. Hey, there's another sermon, another time, another time. You know what's interesting is like, she never worked to smell that way. Like she, she didn't like go to the coffee shop and just like, well, I'm just gonna smear myself over the coffee machine. Just gonna pour coffee grounds on myself. Couple cup of coffees, throw it in my pockets. And so here's the thing. Here's the thing in our Christian life. We're just called to lean into the Holy Spirit, to just spend time with him. Just keep jumping in. God, what are you doing in my life? And you'll be surprised I think we'll be surprised because don't, don't you have those moments where all of a sudden you do something and you're like, oh, the Holy Spirit's speaking to me. Maybe you do something wrong and then the Holy Spirit's like, oh yeah, okay, I, got, I, got, I can fix that. I can do better. Or you have those moments before you make the mistake and you're like, ah, oh, okay, okay. God, where are you, where are you gonna guide me in this? Where are you gonna lead me in this? Our role is just connecting and anchoring ourselves to the Holy Spirit because our peace isn't based off of our lack of problems. It's not a feeling, 
It's not a destination we arrive to. It's a decision about who we're going to trust, who we're going to lean into. But we're going to choose to trust God. And I think for today, this is really just a reminder. It's just a reminder for those of us as Christians to say, hey, how are we doing in this area? Like if we were to do a spiritual audit on our peace, what would we say? What would we find? Man, there's, there's some areas where maybe I'm doing really good and maybe there's some areas where I say, yeesh, I don't know if I really wanna go there. There may be some of us who we're just trying to like keep our head in the sand because there's a whole bunch of situations that just seem over our heads. I just, I just think today God's just like, hey, I'm just here to release peace. I'm here to release my Holy Spirit. And from that, you're gonna walk in new wisdom. You're gonna walk in new love and joy and peace and patience and new self-control. And God's just gonna continue to work things in our lives. So where's your peace at today? Where's your perspective? And what do you wanna do with it today? Because as John says, it's a gift, peace of mind and peace of heart. So what do you wanna do with that today? Are there areas that you just need to surrender or want to surrender? Can we close our eyes and just bow our heads today? I think there's just two groups I just really wanna address. I think for those who are Christians here and maybe you've been struggling with peace in your life, you're a Christian, you've done the Christian things, but you're just saying, hey, there's, there's a level of peace that's been lacking. I wanna be able to just encourage you today that God's got you, he's in control. He's watching over you. He's watching over your steps, over your future. And then there might be some of you here who are coming in and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And I just wanna let you know that there is a savior of the world who wants to come into your life and start a relationship to begin to be the leader of your life, to guide you and to make those decisions. And if you want, you can surrender today. It's a peace that the world can't give. It's a gift. It's not centered on circumstances, on your, the economy, on relationships or family dynamics. It's just centered on the person of Jesus Christ.